0: Welcome to the Leader's Edge podcast. I'm Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leader's Edge. Kicking off a new season of our series with global insurer, AXA XL, I'm joined by AXA XL's Bob Peretti, Chief Distribution Officer for the Americas. Chatting on the eve of RIMS, we go in depth on the property market, including the size of the market, current cost drivers, risk management, and more. Give it a listen. Bob, it is so great to have you here with me again on the podcast we spoke about uh, two years ago or so now. So thank you for joining me again.
1: Thanks, Sandy. It's great to be uh, speaking with you again. I'm glad to be uh, able to do
0: this. Yes, we are um, on the eve of RIMS here. So we are all about to go to the risk and insurance um, conference in Atlanta. And so, of course, we're thinking about risk management as we talk. Um, and one of those areas that uh, is a lot of risk management is coming into play more and more these days is the property market, um, as as everyone has seen, prices um, being driven up by increased storms, inflation effects. Um, so I'd love to just hear your thoughts on, on how AXAXL is addressing, in general, these property market issues with clients.
1: Sure. Um well it is the uh, property insurance particularly the property catastrophe portion of property insurance is definitely the, the the hot topic right now that's for sure i am having a lot of conversations with underwriters and brokers and and clients and um yeah i i, I guess the, the place to start uh, on this conversation is the um dramatic increase in the storm activity right that is that has occurred the last few years um you know a couple of statistics that really pop out at uh at you are you know last year 2022 there was a uh, the insured losses due to natural catastrophe was 125 billion and when you think about the last, the two preceding years or, you know, tw- 21 and 22, those years were two consecutive years where property catastrophe losses exceeded 100 billion. And you know what? Some of us are starting to ask ourselves is, um, is 100 billion dollars of Insured natural catastrophe loss, the new annual standard. We hope not, but you know, if we're basing things off what happened in 2021 and 2022, you know, that's what happened in those two years. So hopefully, 2023 uh, will will be better than that. But um, you know, once once we see something happening two times in a row, you got to wonder is is this is this the new the new level of uh, property catastrophe losses. Uh, and if it is, I, it, it means a very fundamental change to how underwriters, you know, uh, perceive and and, and ultimately uh, price that risk um, uh, as they're working on specific, um, specific accounts.
0: So when you look at property cost, what factors are contributing to such high rates?
1: So you've got the, the effects of the storms, which I've just mentioned. You've got, um, you know, I think continued supply chain issues when you get um, post um, in a post loss situation. Um, Inflation is having a, uh, I was going to say it's hidden, but it's not so hidden anymore because people are very aware that, you know, the cost of repairing uh, the facilities that have been damaged, and the cost of restoring the revenues, the sales that have been lost due to storms—they're um, all—they're all continuing to increase, right? So, um, you know, you've got uh, inflationary factors there, adding to the cost to repair and restore, uh, and then supply chain is really affecting both the price of the, the restoration. Uh, but also the time that it takes to um, to um, repair and restore uh, back to you know pre-loss conditions so it's kind of a perfect storm of terrible things that are occurring that um, you know we have to pay very close attention to as we're you know underwriting each uh, individual risk yeah
0: and so you mentioned sort of this this giant market this that's grown so much, and you're sort of asking yourself, is this where it's going to stay? Um, how are you working with clients? How are you and and partnering with brokers to work with clients in terms of, you know, assessing the current risk that they have at the prices that that things are, and sort of helping them manage this.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, I would say. Um... Education is the, you know, is the the, the the key in all of this, and it's, you know, educating um, our our brokers and our clients as to, you know, what is actually contributing to the, the cost of, you know, their property insurance or, or any uh, a line of insurance that we might be working with them on. And helping our clients to prepare uh, their uh, their management for you know what's ahead as far as costs um, are concerned. And I think that, you know, uh, th- this has always been true, but those conversations have to occur earlier and earlier, right? So you know we um we've actually had uh, we're getting quite practiced at this, and um uh, you know, we, we've had a lot of really good renewals, uh, renewals, even when we've had to increase prices a lot. And I and I would say that they've been good because we started those conversations with our clients and our brokers. Uh, very early on, and we were able to provide a lot of information and and letting them know kind of how we were perceiving, um, not just their risks in general, but. The risks that are the, the specific risks that you know of of their specific um, uh, account, and I think clients um, I think clients appreciate uh, knowing that the price that they're getting, the terms and conditions that they're getting from our underwriters, are are based on their their specific situation as opposed to a blanket increase of X percent across a whole. Um, You know, portfolio, you know, we we underwrite each account on its own merits, and um, I think that it just takes time to, you know, um, explain how we're doing that on each individual account.
0: And are there things that clients can do to lower their, their risk and and potentially be underwritten more favorably? And then, you know, after that, (laughs) Is there a certain part of this that just is kind of out of, out of their hands and it's, you know, it's living in areas that are more prone to catastrophe and things like that?
1: Well, I I think a lot of the, it is out of everybody's hands, right? I mean, nobody can control the weather. We would all sort of acknowledge that. Um, uh, Something that uh, is controllable, but um, has, um, it's a reality is that there's, there's, been a tremendous concentration in values in areas that are prone to storms, right? So, you know, uh, we we have to, you know, I, I suppose that's something that could have been controlled, but um we have to we have yeah, to right. look at those places and those those specific locations and and acknowledge that that there's a lot of value that's been built up over the last you know several decades and you know last 50 years Um, and and I I think something that people have to remember is that insurance companies have to look at not just their individual exposures on an individual policy by policy basis but we have to look at the aggregate we have to look at like how much limit how much property cat have we have we um um provided to all our policyholders and where is that? Uh, where where are those po- policies issued, right? So, um, you know, uh, I've, I have spent a lot of time this past month visiting with brokers and clients and uh, they have said, um, hey, you know, uh, there's a, a, a real willingness to pay for, uh, clients will pay for, uh, pay higher premiums for, property cat you should sell more of it right at higher rates but that's really not a a very good strategy because um you know we're going to find ourselves and all the other insurers will find themselves in a very bad spot if they sell too much um property cat in a specific location no matter what the price they get for it is right because it'll it'll um it'll really come back to Haunt us and and haunt anybody else who might might do that as well. But you you ask about, you know, what can clients do to, um, you know, uh, mitigate these these rate increases? Um, And and um, you know, I I would say that there are many of the same things that 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 we've been talking to clients about doing for for a number of years and you know the 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 number one um, the number one thing I would say would be, you know, strong engineering, and this is where our risk consulting team uh, gets involved. Um, and you know, uh, when 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 we see that a client has a, a strong commitment to risk engineering, um, you know that 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 means a lot. And it's it's not just the commitment to it, but the the willingness to you know, make changes um, or or act on recommendations and and to try to try to harden and make more resilient their their, their properties. Um, so, you know, risk engineering uh, is is, you know, at the very top of that list. Um, and then, you know, I, I, we've talked about this in the past too, that that there's a there are a lot of new technologies uh, available and, you know, just, you know, generically speaking, like sensors to detect water leaks, telematics to collect data while while you know, people are driving on the road, wearables that uh, help protect. Um, uh, wearable technologies that help protect uh, workers, you know, and, and help them improve their um, how they work and how they move materials. Um, you know, these are th- this is I think one of the, the more um, you know, positive things that's been occurring in the last few years to help uh, risk managers and and our clients, you know, um, reduce the cost or limit, avoid losses, and reduce the costs of the losses that that do occur, and and we're we're trying to help clients through what we call our ecosystem, where we kind of curate a lot of these technologies, you know, vet them uh, for clients. And um, more and more of our clients are taking advantage of, of, of this offering that to to work with a um, a brand new cutting edge technology uh, for some specific aspect of of their risk profile, and and that's really where all the not all the dollars are, but that's where most of the dollars are. When you, when you look at you know the dollar i mean this this example has been true since the beginning of time i think when you when you look at you know how much of uh, a premium dollar is is uh, attributable to the expenses of an insurance company versus how much of that premium dollar is attributable to the losses that are going to be paid out by the insurance company it's overwhelmingly, you know, it's sixty-five percent uh, of the premium dollar. Um, it, it goes towards paying losses. So, you know, when we have clients who retain losses, um, you know, it's uh, and and most of our clients retain at least some part of their their uh, exposures. Some of our clients retain quite a bit of their own exposure. You know, so they're very motivated to um, to you know, work with our engineers and to investigate the, the opportunities to control losses. Right, so it's they're not coming to the conversation reluctantly. Like, what do mm-hmm. I have to do, or what are you going to make me do? They're they're really coming to the conversation, asking the question, "What can I do? What would you recommend we do?" Um, and so, um, and, and 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 going back to those initial statistics that I mentioned. Um, really there's I don't think there's any way that the industry can absorb the insurance industry can absorb um, these kind of losses that we've experienced on an annual basis like if this is going to be the new norm yeah
0: um
1: you know I I I think that I think clients are going to have to you know sort of partner with us to absorb a lot of the risks that that um uh, occur and and they they'll, uh, many of them already do, but I don't think that the the. Um, I don't think it's gonna It's something that can be uh, addressed by premium payment alone. The solution isn't just to convince under uh, convince clients to pay more premium to to pay these um, you know, staggering uh, property natural catastrophe uh, losses that are occurring every year.
0: Yeah, um, so. You know, it's funny, my my question to you to follow up was going to be, do you think that there is enough capacity in the marketplace to to be able to continue to ensure these sort of really high risk areas going forward?
1: Well, you know, I, I guess, um, you know. You know it becomes a a function of math at a certain point, right? Like you know the industry has to take in at least um the amount of money that it's being asked to pay. i I do think that we will see you know and also the 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 um, uh, the property catastrophe. Um, uh, insurance, uh, it, it's a finite amount of insurance. It's not an it's not an infinite amount of insurance that any insurance company has to uh, to offer clients, right? So what we've seen is a lot of um, uh, the shortening of a lot of lines, you know, the re- reduction in a lot of limits. So, you know, I the insurance industry is going to only offer the, the capacity and the limits that it <clears throat> Can financially offer, right? And so, right. I think that's why you've seen a lot of um, reduction, reduction in limits being offered. Um, and, and and I I do think that this is an interesting going to be an interesting year because if um, if if this year is on par with the, the previous two years, um, I think people are going to be starting to ask the question that you just asked, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and. And there and there could be some even more severe uh, consequences in the future,
0: so one more follow-up question to this. It, what 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 role do brokers have in this in terms of education? And you said that you have more and more clients who are coming to you and asking for risk management type solutions for this. and it's it's clearly a problem that's not going away. So, what role does the broker have here to help facilitate that? Yeah,
1: that's a great question, and you know, I I think there's a an enormous role for the brokers uh, to play. I, I think m- many of the brokers have um, uh, you know engineering and loss control offerings on on their own, which you know they they um, offer to to um, uh, their their our mutual clients, right? Um, but i but i also I also think that that brokers um, uh, need to they need to continue to do what brokers have always done, and that is to you know efficiently organize the marketplace on behalf of their client so that their client um, can um, you know have take full advantage of what the, the market might be willing to offer them. When it comes to the the deployment of um, services and and engineering and loss control, uh, I'm often asked, um, well, is is this a conflict between, you know, brokers and insurers who are offering the same or potentially offering the same kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, loss prevention services? And I'm not really too bothered by um, like who a client will go to to obtain the the services that will help them reduce their losses. Provided that they go to someone or that they take full advantage of 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 um, what's available to them, and I and I think that clients will ultimately decide to go with um, whatever service or technology. That they they believe is going to be the most efficient way for them to, um, you know, control their losses and reduce their losses, whether that's through a broker or via insurer or someone who's neither a broker or insurer, someone an independent provider of these services, right? I think it's I think it's in the industry's best interest to have the the best services and the best technologies. Um, in front of the client. And it really is in our best interest that 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 happen, and that losses are reduced.
0: All right, so last question for you. We are uh, all on the eve of RIMS and um, I would love to hear from you what top three issues you're expecting to address with clients at the conference.
1: Well, we've been talking about (laughs) one of them property, natural catastrophe insurance. Uh, But I think the other two that we're going to hear about uh, quite a bit are sort of the whole the whole umbrella of ESG issues and also climate change specifically, you know, which is obviously related to um, the the property uh, natural catastrophe issue we've been talking about, but also related to some parts of uh, companies ESG. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: concerns. So those are the three topics I think are going to be the big three at this year's RIM conference.
0: I think that you are definitely, definitely on the right track with those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bob, it has been great chatting with you. Um, I've really enjoyed it and um, definitely interested to hear what happens at RIMS as you get into some of these conversations and, and move some of these things forward.
1: Great, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you at Rem, Sandy.
0: That was Bob Peretti, Chief Distribution Officer for the Americas at AXA XL. Keep an eye out for our next AXA XL podcast coming soon at LeadersEdge.com, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts.